Well, we're going to do something different. We are in the uh, Minor Prophet series, right? We're in book number nine, believe it or not, Zephaniah. And uh, I entitled this today, Lies We Believe. I've asked my mom to read Zephaniah chapter one to us this morning before we get started. Mom to me, you can call her mom. Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, and the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Joshua, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. I will utterly consume everything from the face of the land, says the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, and the stumbling blocks along the wicked, along with the wicked. I will cut off man from the face of the land, says the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will cut off every trace of Baal from this place, the names of the idolatrous priests with the pagan priests, those who worship the host of heaven on the housetops, those who worship and swear oaths by the Lord, but who also swear by Milcom, those who have turned back from, the follow, from following the Lord, and have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of him. Be silent in the presence of the Lord, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has invited his guests. And it shall be in the name of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's children, king's children and all such as are clothed with foreign apparel. In the same day, I will punish all those who leap over the threshold, who fill their master's houses with violence and deceit. And there shall be on that day, says the Lord, the sound of a mournful cry from the fish gate, a wailing from the second quarter, and a loud crashing from the hills. Wail, you inhabitants of Maktesh, for all the merchant people are cut down. All those who handle money are cut off. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish the men who are settled in complacency, who say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Therefore, their goods shall become booty and their houses a desolation. They shall build houses, but not inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards, but not drink their wine. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens quickly. The noise of the day of the Lord is bitter. There the mighty men shall cry out. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and alarm against the fortified cities and against the high towers. I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like refuse. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he will make speedy riddance of all those who dwell in the land. Mm. Woo-wee. Can everybody say ouch? ouch. 
Hey, by the way, it's this young lady's birthday tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm in trouble. I don't know how this happens. She's 55 tomorrow, and I just turned 50. I'm not sure how that... If I actually was adopted, you probably would have gave me back back then. <laughs> but aren't you glad you didn't? Yes. <laughs> Lord, thank you for the word of God. This morning I pray that you would help me to articulate the message that you are stirring in my heart. God, let, us, let our ears be open to the word of the Lord today that we might grow closer to you and embrace the challenge from the Holy Spirit today in Jesus' name. Amen. So the name Zephaniah, and, and if you have an informational fan, I changed the official name of these, the informational fan. They are busy, as you see, but we're going to work through this stuff pretty quickly. Um, it means the Lord is my secret. And I, and I love this because it really has this meaning that the Lord has concealed, the Lord has protected, uh, that you're treasured by God. The idea really comes from, this verse isn't going to be up there, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. See, it's not that, that God is keeping us a secret, but he is hiding us. Amen? He, he puts us in the cleft of his wings and, and under the shadow of his wings, and he protects his people. Now, Zephaniah, he was the great-grandson, as you saw in verse 1, to King Hezekiah. And he prophesied during uh, the reign of Josiah, who was king of Judah from 640 B.C. to 609 B.C. More specifically, we think this book was written right about 625 to 622 B.C. because uh, Zephaniah, unlike many of the other minor prophets, actually give us some references that we can narrow down his writings. So the key to the book, to the phrase, to this book is the phrase, the day of the Lord. You saw that as my mom read the verses several times. Matter of fact, throughout this three chapters, it's in there at least seven times. So uh, it's in all the prophetic books, but it's mo used most in the book of Zephaniah. And the, the, the day of the Lord is really, if you will, if you'll allow me a little liberty, um, God's D-Day. It's the day of judgment, okay? both on his people and the surrounding nations of Israel. You guys know that Israel, the Jews, are God's chosen people. That hasn't changed. Thank God he accepts us Gentiles and heathens, amen? Uh, but he's going to judge everybody. God has been patient, as we've seen throughout the last nine books, eight books that we've gone through. He's been giving warnings. But there's going, to become, there's going to come a day when sentencing is due, and God will act. And we need to know that. We need to understand that, that God will do as he has said in his books. Otherwise, he would be a liar. And if God is lying, um, I quit. We're all in trouble. I quit. But I know I'm not serving a lying God. Amen? I'm serving a living God. Amen? Zephaniah doesn't exactly tell us when that day will come. Matter of fact, Jesus doesn't even know for sure when that day comes. Only God the Father knows. I think Jesus is up there every day. Hey, God, can I go today? Can I get my, can I get my family today? And God's all, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but there is a day, and then he's going to say, go. But he does, Zephaniah does paint a pretty clear picture of what's involved in the judgment. 
those who continue to stay on the wrong path, those who continue to be defiant towards God, they will have to face the music. And sadly, despite all the warnings in the last eight books that we have gone through, all the prophetic books, God has been warning his people, telling them judgment is coming. Hey, get it right. I'm giving you another opportunity. But sadly, despite all these, the Israelites, they remain complacent and defiant towards God. And they still do today. They were deceived by three lies, I believe, that many of the people in the church today have been deceived by. We're going to pick up the first lie back in chapter 1, verse 12. I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV this time. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. See, the first lie is this. People think the Lord won't do anything. The Lord will do nothing. It's in your handout either good or bad. And that's a lie. The mentality behind this lie is, don't worry, we have all kinds of time. I used to think, well, just before I, get, before I die, I'll give my life to the Lord. Man, you don't know what your death looks like. I've been living this way for so long and nothing bad has happened to me yet. <laughs> God won't punish me. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's merciful. Yes, he's all those things, but he will punish the mentality behind this is, is we think everything is fine. I have been saying this for a year. People, I ask people, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You know what immediately comes to my mind, and now you're going to be messed up forever because I'm going to give it to you too. Number one, you're fouled up. Number two, you're insecure. Number three, you're neurotic. And four, you're emotional. When we think we're fine and we're living in this place of complacency, we're fouled up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Amen? So don't ever tell Pastor Ron you're doing fine because you know what's going to be going on in my mind. Amen? I lost most of you right there. That's okay. I'll, I'll get you back. <laughs> Listen, complacency looks harmless, but it's deadly. The very definition of complacency is a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. That's your definition there. A lot of people, they disregard God. They ignore him. And I would understand that if God hadn't revealed himself to us, but... The truth is, God does reveal himself. He reveals himself in letter A through creation. Paul said, for since the creation of this world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Listen, there is no excuse. Oh, we keep saying, oh, the gospel has to be preached to the ends of the earth. Yeah, that is biblical. But God has revealed himself through creation. I remember before Christ looking at things like the ocean and the mountains. And, and, and you know what? I did not ever think that just a big bang happened. Or we're his creation, really. We all look different. We think different. We act different. We talk different. 
but that happened by accident. I didn't buy it then, and I definitely don't buy it now. The people who buy it don't even buy it. They don't. There's been people who have set out to try to disprove the deity of Jesus Christ and have come to the Lord. Lee Strobel is a great example of that. Go read the case for Christ if you want to hear a story about that. But there have been multitudes of people who have tried to disprove the deity of Jesus Christ who now love Jesus because you can't disprove it because it's the truth. God has also revealed us through his son Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, he, Jesus, was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and hope are in God. If you're struggling with your faith, if you're struggling with the truth of the word of God, do a little research. Try to disprove Jesus. I dare you. He will open your eyes. Everything that is written is true. So the first truth is this. God is, well, the first lie was what? Come on, somebody help me. God will do nothing. Listen, the truth is God is involved in your life. He's involved in your life. God has your, listen, he has your good in mind. He cares about you. The Israelites had drifted too far from God for too long, and God had to step in. That's what's going on in the story. People will eventually self-destruct if nothing is done to stop this, this spiral, downward spiral of immorality. It's to our own good that God steps in in our life. Ask any loving parent. Any parents in the room? Wouldn't you say that discipline is necessary to keep your child on the right track? The problems we have in society today is because children haven't been disciplined. I don't want to slap the kids. I want to slap their mama. (laughs) Now I know how to get you guys stirred up. Let's just slap somebody. Bring it on, right? You guys are a bunch of scrappers. This is Grapevine Fellowship, man. You don't mess with Grapevine Fellowship. I'll tell you, I don't know if I'm going to pray for you or slap you silly right now. (laughs) Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Can I have permission right now, Lord, to slap this guy standing in front of me? I'll give you the answer right now every time God says no. Okay? You're looking for permission. I'm not going to give it to you. But the purpose of judgment is to restore and to bless. When God commands, we shouldn't look at it as this big list of, of oh, I've got to do's or obeys, uh, rules to obey. We have to see it as his desire to give you the best he has for you. That's what judgment is for. That's why he spanks his kids, because they're on the wrong track. Command is given to change behavior. The second lie they fell for is found in chapter 3, verse 2. She has not obeyed his voice. She has not received correction. She has not trusted in the Lord. She has not drawn near to God. The lie is this. All I need is me, myself, and I. It's all about me. 
There you go. That's right. You just gave me my truth. Now stop. You're getting ahead of me. In other words, they thought they knew what was best. There's a lot of people walking this planet that think they know what's best for their life. I don't need the rule book. I know how to do this. There's a lot of Christians that think they don't need that. I know how to do this. I got saved. Jesus will tell me. Yeah, he's trying to open the pages of his mouth. The Israelites, they were overconfident and cocky and overconfident. And they were arrogant. And so were the nations surrounding them. To the Moabs and the Ammons, the Lord said that they would become like Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be like Sodom and the people of Ammon like Gomorrah. Why did God say that? Well, Zephaniah 10 tells us why. This is what they will get in return for their pride. We've talked about pride several times as we've gone through this study. It's a reoccurring theme. It's one of the most reoccurring themes in the need for judgment. Because we're prideful. God will destroy the Assyrians too, leaving Nineveh finally completely destroyed. Look at verse 13. And he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria and make Nineveh a desolation as a dry as dry as the wilderness. Why? Why would God do that? Why is God telling them that? He tells us in verse 15 why. Remember, they were the city that rejoiced over themselves. They, they thought they were all that. And it says that this is the rejoicing city that dwelt securely and said in their heart, I am it, and there is none beside me. It's all about me, myself, and I. If you're in this thing for you, you're in it for the wrong reasons. The enemies of Israel never thought they would have to worry about Israel being a world power. But listen, all of the nations around them were destroyed and continue to be today. Anytime a nation tries to rise up against Israel, God's hand... So the second lie is all I need is me, myself, and I. The second truth is we need to seek the Lord. We need to seek the Lord. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 3 says, Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. It may be with you well. It may be that you will be well. Somebody help me read that. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. That's really where Zephaniah's name came from is in this verse. It may be that you will be hidden in the day. I don't. You know what that means? It means that Jesus has forgiven you. You've given your life to Jesus, and, and the Lord has covered your sins. He remembers them no more. You're hidden in Christ. God's gonna. It's like it's like it's like when when God executed judgment, and the, and the and the and they painted the blood on the doorposts of their home. See, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you painted the blood of Christ over your heart. And when God comes to execute judgment, and he is coming, we're getting to this in a minute, he's going to fly right by you. Amen. There's more to it than that. I did not just give permission to live any way you want to, because there is judgment for everybody. You will stand before the Lord for the life that you live, right? The attitude that the Lord is looking for is that we would stay humble. 
seek him and put him first in our life. One day, on the day of the Lord, a remnant of Israel will finally understand. Listen, I believe that there is a time coming to Jerusalem and Israel where a revelation will happen and their eyes will be opened and God's people will be embraced will embrace the things of God. And Zephaniah kind of talks about this. I'm not going to get too deep into this because we don't have time today. But verse, verses 11 and 12 in chapter 3, and it, In that day you shall not be ashamed for any of your deeds in which you transgressed against me. For then I will take away from your midst those who rejoice in your pride, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. I will leave you, leave in your midst a meek and humble people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. We'll trust in the name of the Lord. The idea is very clear. God is looking for people who will humble themselves, who will be meek, who will, who will, who will bow to Jesus, as it was already said, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Do it on this side of eternity because you don't want to be stuck on the other side. Lie number three. Kind of goes with number one. Your future depends on you. If you read chapter 3, if you did your homework, you read where God was, God is enthroned. He is dwelling among his people, his creation, his children. I'll read you a few verses out of chapter 3, verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Is that giving anybody hope yet? Yeah, two of you. Got one in the back and Miss Viola, hallelujah. Oh, yes, okay, praise the Lord. Look, look at This is the purpose of judgment. The end goal is for Israel to be restored as a nation under God and that will come to know him and worship him. That the people of God will, will love him with all of their hearts, with all of their minds, with all of their souls. That they will walk in humility, that they will walk in meekness, Amen. And there's the verse. We don't even have to read it. We've already quoted it several times a day. Philippians chapter 2. Every knee bows. Every tongue confesses. Listen, the future is ordained by God. The blessings belong to those who trust in the name of the Lord. Those who throw themselves before God and they ask for God's mercy will receive it. But those who continue to be defiant, those who rebel against them, those who trust in themselves or other idols as we've seen throughout this, other gods, putting other things before your relationship with the Lord, that's an idol and they will not receive mercy. Ouch, I know. I'm like, Lord, three more... Three more books. We've just been talking about judgment for nine weeks now. You think God's trying to wake up his children? You think God's trying to say, hey, this is not no joke. 
This is real. I care about you so much that I want to tell you what looks like in your future if you continue in disobedience. But there's the other side of that too. If you continue in obedience, doesn't it look so good? Truth number three is our future is in God's hands. You don't control your future, amen? God controls your future. I know. If I controlled my future, I'd probably be, I don't know what I'd be. I can't even speculate. I wouldn't be here. I would not be in God's will. I'd be in Ron's will. That's a scary place to be. might be cooler. It could be the beach, but it would still be a scary place to be. It's not always easy to remember that God's plan, listen, is always good. Thank you. His plan is always good. His plans for you are good. They give you a future and a hope. The people in Zephaniah's time, they were complacent and they were proud. And they believed in themselves more than they did in the Lord. And we know this verse. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We know that verse. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Man, run from it. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, I'm not the kind of guy that says every person who's sick lives in sin because I don't believe that for a second. But I am saying that there are some people who live in sin and you're sick. And this verse verifies it. If you depart from evil, it will be health to your flesh and strength. To your bones. One commentator, he summed it up pretty well. He said this. God will intervene in history, even catastrophically, to judge humanity's complacency and indifference, and to restore men to the conditions of blessing that he originally intended for them to enjoy. That's the purpose of judgment, is to restore you back to the blessings that God has intended for you. The book of Zephaniah serves us as a reminder that one day God will wrap up history with the return of Jesus Christ. We know that. The world won't end by accident. It's not going to end in a nuclear war. It's it's not going to end in a zombie apocalypse. I know, look at you guys, all you gun owners. The end of the world will come when Jesus Christ returns. And not to, listen, he's already come once to save the world. When he comes back, it's not to save the world, it's to judge the world. I'm sorry, can I be honest? You guys are looking at me like, stop preaching this, Pastor Ron. I will, after three more books. Paul said it great. He said this in Acts chapter 17. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked. But, (laughs) that's the big but word. That's the big eraser word, okay? So God has overlooked our ignorance, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Everybody needs to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. By the man whom he ordained. 
He has given assurance to this to all who raised him, to all by him who raised from the dead. Your assurance is in Jesus Christ. We've been preaching judgment for nine weeks, pretty much. Trying to put different spins on it, trying to talk. But if you read the prophetic books, not just the 12 minor prophets, but if you look at the major prophets as well, it's the same message. It's the same message. If you dig deep into the New Testament, God's still trying to tell us the same thing. Repent and come to my son Jesus. We were given these books for warnings for us. They aren't just for the people back then. God would have left it out. You know, I love those little books that we give out that are just the New Testament. Man, we left out the good stuff. Don't get me wrong. The New Testament is awesome. But this is for us. It's for today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 even explains that. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us. Are we like them? Are we just as self-confident and complacent and cocky and overbearing? Do we feel that we are fine and don't need any correction? God is what? If you say that with me really good right now, if you say that with me really good right now, I'll let you out of here in like two minutes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> whoa, whoa, okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You guys really want to go, don't you? <laughs> we would do really well if we sought him first in every area of our life. Put Jesus first. And if you've never made that decision, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never, maybe you've even been going to church and it's like, ah, he's on the radar, I come to church every week, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a lifestyle. It's who you are when you leave this place right now in one minute. It's who you are when you step out and you head over to the restaurants and, and you go to the football game in a couple of weeks, amen? What kind of things are coming out of your mouth then? Is it praise God or bleep, 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 bleep? I'm sorry. I'm not going to get on that soapbox right now. I'm not going to get on the bleepity box. No. If we head down the wrong way for too long, too far, the day of judgment may come upon us. That's the truth. I'm not trying to scare anybody into heaven because you won't get there that way. I'm just trying to give you the truth. And it's not because... God doesn't love you, but it's because he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Yeah. So here's my plea to you. Come to him this morning. Ask for forgiveness and his blessing on your life. Bow your heads with me. Jesus, it's been quite an adventure so far. And we still have three minor prophets to walk through. My heart has been convicted. There are even behaviors in my life today that you are shining a light on, asking me to change. They're not dangerous and sinful. They're just wrong. 
parts of my character that you're still trying to hone in on. Still trying to make me more like you. I don't feel condemned this morning. I feel liberated. I feel more alive today than when we started this this study eight weeks ago. I feel more free today to know that, that you love me so much that you tell me when I'm on the wrong track. And Lord, if there's one here this morning that has never said yes to your son, Jesus, and if you're here today and you would like to make that decision and give your life to Jesus, because all these things we're talking about, we can't do them on our own. We need to be empowered by the Son of God and his Holy Spirit. If that's you, would you raise your hand and say, Pastor, thank you for your hand. Anybody else would say yes to Jesus this morning? Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. All right. God saw your hand. That's the most important thing. And he sees your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So he sees your heart, but let's hear your mouth. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I need you in my life. I confess my sins to you this morning. I ask for your forgiveness. Be with me today for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you.